Welcome to the Critics Not Cynics 31 Days of Halloween Spectacular. This is going to be a special month for the podcast. I'm going to try to do an episode a day covering a different horror film or horror franchise in just a kind of a brief, maybe 10 to 20 minute uh, episode to just go over some Halloween recommendations for the month of October. I like to typically watch horror movies throughout the year, but I know some people like to spend the month and and actually dive into some horror films, and some may be familiar with some of these movies and some may not. So I'm going to give you 31 recommendations during the month of October, and hopefully you'll find some good movies to watch and keep you in the spooky mood for Halloween. So for this episode, I think we're going to kind of start off with one franchise uh, that I've really come to respect and really love. I stumbled across the first movie uh, a couple years ago on Amazon Prime. Didn't know anything about it beforehand. Didn't know if it was going to be good. Didn't know if it was going to be bad. But I'm a fan of the found footage horror genre. Um, I know a lot of people don't like it because of the kind of shaky cam or cheap look of of those movies. And yet I, for one, kind of like this aspect that like any person with just the right type of equipment can kind of make a low budget uh, effective horror film and so I, I I'm really drawn to that genre and when I find gems like this movie that I'm going to be talking about I, I really have to kind of hype it up because I think people when they see that it's got the found footage element tend to shy away from it because of their preconceived notions and you know kind of had the rise of the found footage genre uh, you know, starting back with Blair Witch in the 90s and then kind of culminating with uh, a movie like Cloverfield. And then we got all these kind of by-the-numbers, low-budget, found-footage films, and people kind of were over it at that point. But I still enjoy the genre. I still tend to like most of the found-footage movies I come across on either Netflix or Amazon. And so... Uh, I don't know. It's just there's something about the aspect of the the way it's shot kind of puts you in the shoes of the people experiencing the events that are unfolding on camera. So um, this first three episodes for this um, event for this month of October are kind of going to be talking about one franchise in particular, and that's the Hell House LLC franchise. Uh, so. I came across the first Hell, Hell, Hell House, oh, like I said, a couple years ago, and didn't know anything about it, just saw that it was going to be talking about, you know, kind of like a haunted house attraction, and that, you know, things go wrong. So, I'm like, you know, that sounds fun, it's found footage, uh, it's dealing with Halloween, it's dealing with a haunted house attraction, you know, it, it could be either bad or it could be good. And it's it's definitely a movie that totally caught me by surprise. It's shot in the format of a documentary with the found footage inserted uh, in between. Um, so, 
you kind of you know have the have interviews with people who have studied kind of the case of what happened in a hell house um and you've got like a journal a photojournalist who talks about going in after uh the events and kind of going around and taking pictures after he snuck in and then like how he wouldn't go down into the basement when he reached that part of the house and um like immediately got out of there and then you have another guy who's kind of like this uh expert on the people involved and a little bit about the house and and everything like that so it's it's definitely a different aspect that I've started to see more of in the found footage genre but um, to give the basic premise it's about a, a a group of friends who run their own haunted house attractions now where I'm from uh in Ohio, we kind of have the dense schoolhouse. And um, many years ago, when I was in college, I actually took a course with the guy who runs that, and a uh, really good guy. And so, kind of like knew someone like Alex, one of the main characters, who kind of orchestrates and organizes this event. And so, uh, this isn't the first time that they've done one of these. They're just doing it in a different location, and there's a reason to that. That kind of uh, develops throughout the, the three films, but, uh, we're going to focus here just on this first one. And so as they're kind of organizing and getting things ready, they, they find this, uh, old hotel that's in like up, upstate New York, I believe is, is where they say it's at. And, uh, they're going to renovate it and, uh, you know, put everything all together and, and put on the attraction. So as things are going on and, you know, the people are moving around now, your main, uh, main person that's behind the camera is Paul. And he's one of the most annoying yet adorable characters I think I've ever come across in a horror film. Like he really reminds me of me a little bit in some aspects. Uh, I, you know, I know I tend to kind of annoy my friends, even though I'm not trying to be annoying. And yet, I say all the wrong things and it just happens to be that way. And then I feel like my friends are just kind of tolerating me or putting up with me uh, and shout out to all those friends who do that. Um, so you're kind of getting the story for, for most of the film through his aspect, but uh, to kind of get back to the, the premise. So you have this documentary film crew kind of putting this all together to talk about, investigate and try to explain what happened on the night of the opening of the Hell House attraction. And uh, Diane Mitchell, and I can't remember the third guy's name, Mitchell's behind his camera most of the time, uh, but Diane and um, her other partner are kind of in, f in front of the camera a little bit, and they managed to come across Sarah, who is supposedly the only survivor of the events that night and that she's been in kind of hiding all during this time since since that night and she's finally coming out to talk about the events and she's the one who introduces the tapes to the film crew and Mitchell is kind of going through reviewing the tapes and interspersing them and so as he's going through them they're they're mostly from Paul's perspective uh, of what happened uh, leading up to the events and um there's one particular scare moment 
that still kind of gets me because I think I was watching it late at night. Like I couldn't go to sleep. And like most nights, I usually have a horror film to go to sleep to. And so I think like I woke up in the middle of the night one night and just like put it on, planned on going back to sleep, didn't go back to sleep. So I stayed up and I watched it all. And um, it's about mid midway through or a little bit past midway through the movie. And like Paul wakes up in the middle of the night and he's got the camera facing him. And so he's looking at the camera and you just see this girl kind of sitting on the floor of his room. And I'm not going to go any further into that because uh, it, it just like what happens afterwards like just really freaked me out like it's nothing too crazy but it's just like not what you're expecting and it totally made me like jump out of my skin for a moment so it's very effective uh there's also a scene that like it's really well done but it's also really hard to watch and if you are prone to epilepsy or seizures i would have to recommend that you kind of look away during this moment because it's kind of a flashing light scene it's like a strobe light and uh he's kind of sitting there they're testing out this this uh sequence for for the attraction and as like the lights are (coughs) excuse me uh kind of flickering in and out uh you can kind of see that there are more figures in the hallway than than were there um and like it took me a while took me a couple watch throughs to really kind of catch it because it's all things that kind of happen really quick and then they do kind of show it at a like frame by frame uh, aspect so that you're if you miss it during the flashing sequence you're at least kind of seeing it during the follow-up sequence but it, yeah it, it's it's definitely um, a little tricky to kind of watch that part especially like I said if you're prone to any type of seizures or epilepsies uh, or epilepsy you might want to look away from the screen just for a few minutes uh, until that sequence is done but it also has some really clever moments with uh, a clown prop that uh, becomes kind of a running thing throughout the rest of the movie. And it's a really creepy fixture that's now kind of stuck in my mind. And I think anytime I ever will ever see an image of this clown, uh, I'm not particularly scared of clowns, but this one is definitely creepy and the things they do with it... Uh, especially later on in the other two um, sequels, I it just kind of sticks with you. It definitely... There are a lot of things that stick with you through this movie. And um, so I definitely have to recommend this, especially if you've never heard of it before. It's very well directed. It's very well written. Um, the characters are really good. The characters are really strong. Their interactions, their playoffs are really great. Um, there's a fantastic twist to the story that, uh, you don't quite see coming until, you know, it, it happens. And so I think that that's, uh, really clever. I feel like they try to kind of duplicate that, uh, in the other two movies and it's not nearly as effective, but this is probably one of the best, uh, even if you don't watch the sequels, it would be, it stands on its own. You know, you don't need to necessarily watch the sequels to be satisfied with the product that you're getting. Now, with that said, I'm very happy they did sequels, but they they kind of are a little less, like, effective. Um, I think as you'll go on to day two and day three of of The Spectacular, um, you'll get to hear kind of my more opinions about those two. 
uh, it does complete the story. So there is that aspect to it that I do really enjoy. But had uh, Stephen Cognetti, the director and writer, if he had just left it at this one, uh, I would have been completely satisfied with it. Um, Not that I'm unsatisfied with the sequels. Uh, They're good movies and of their own. They're good continuations, but they have uh, some issues that I will discuss later on this week. So, um, if you have Amazon Prime or if you have Shutter, you can stream it on there for free. Even if you don't, if it's got a rental price, it's definitely worth a rent. Uh, it's definitely a fun Halloween-themed uh, found footage horror film. It's one of the better found footage horror films I think of the past ten years uh, that I've seen in a while. Like I've watched a lot. Uh, and not many of them stick out as much as this. I think that this even surpasses like a big budget one, like the, the Blair Witch, uh, kind of reboot slash sequel. Um, I think it's a far effective, far more effective film than that one. Because I mean, even though I'm a huge Adam Wingard fan, uh, there was something about that movie that just didn't work for me on, on some levels. And here you've got this more kind of independent uh low budget film that manages to kind of surpass a kind of more studio budget film and you know they use i want to say that the actual uh what they what is the abaddon hotel uh who has this kind of sword history i think i should talk about that a little bit before i move on uh so the the abaddon is kind of it had a very kind of shady history to it the the former owner Andrew Tully uh killed himself and uh, apparently he had been like kind of running a cult and uh there might have been even some disappearances of some of the guests that had signed in to that hotel and that's why it's kind of been shut down for all these years and then in 2009 Alex and his crew kind of go and um you know, renovate it and open it up and kind of build it up to this big hall. Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, attraction. Attraction. Uh, apologies there. But yes, it, it is uh, an actual haunted house. I want to say it may not necessarily be in New York, but it, it might be. Um, apologies to, but I believe it's called the Waldorf. Uh, but it's an actual Halloween haunted house attraction, uh, which I think is really cool. Like, I would love uh, if, you know, the people at the Dent Schoolhouse that out here in Ohio, um, if they had the opportunity to have, like, a film shot there. Uh, that's one of the creepier haunted houses. I haven't been to it in a couple years now. But I remember, uh, <laughs> of course, the back in high school, you know, you had we went as a... A group and my friends decided well we'll put him in the front and uh then you know the other uh i think might have been steph uh, stefan uh the foreign exchange student in the back like they wanted us in the in the front and the back so that they wouldn't get scared so as i'm walking through i didn't have to worry about anything because all the the uh you know scares uh they tend to wait till the first like person or second person of the group go by and then they go for the middle and i just that's one of my memories of uh the dent schoolhouse um 
But I would think it would be really cool if like we had a, like a local filmmaker or just a filmmaker in general kind of come up with an idea like Hell House and be able to use th that attraction as kind of a set and um, function for their found footage film. And it's definitely worth a rewatch. Like I can't count how many times I've watched it and there are always things that I catch the, the next view that I didn't catch like that that flashing light sequence like it took me probably two or three views of it to really notice the different figures that kind of showed up and so there's this nice subtlety to it uh, it's very well acted very well shot very well written um, so you can't go wrong with this one it's going to go with a 4.5 out of 5 and uh, I definitely recommend it go check it out on Shutter or go check it out on Amazon Prime all right, guys, well, that's going to do it for this, the first day of the Critics Not Cynics, 31 days of Halloween, 31 days of horror, whatever I, I called it uh, at the beginning of this. I'll probably switch throughout the other episodes, but this will do it for this episode, and we'll see you on the next one.